This podcast is part of the Faking Fandom Media Network. Head to fakingstarwars.net slash podcasts for more hilarious shows about geek culture topics. Welcome Mandalorian Fakers to the Mando Roundup, brought to you by fakingstarwars.net. It's time to kick back at the saloon with a death stick or two and enjoy this week's recap of the Mandalorian. Ah, bounty hunting is the life, wouldn't you agree? I'm sorry, T, but it turns out I'd actually swallowed a a miniature uh, Padawan apprentice foundling Mandalorian. I just had to regurgitate it out here for the the little chickadee dragon monsters we have in the studio before we get recording. (laughs) Oh, gosh, sorry. I have a little slobber on the side of my mouth there. Apologies. Yeah. Um, But wow, what a a great episode of The Mandalorian. And welcome here to our recap review of the Mando Roundup brought to you by Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. And I am your faithful, faithful, mythosaurian, dreaming, fantasizing host, Mr. Storm Duper. And with me, as always, is Teeb Rontor. Teeb, how is everything today? Everything is great, but I'm a little concerned with you if you're having wet dreams about the mythosaur. <laughs> how could you not? It's just such a sexy beast. I didn't get to see much. I just kind of saw the, saw the eyeball. There, there are rumors that it might actually be Dexter Jax, ja- ja- Dexter ja- Jax, Dexter Jax, Jax, Dexter Jester, Dexter Jester. Ah, yeah, I that see. guy. I like that. I like. It that. might not actually be the Mythosar. It might just be Dexter Jester. Well, sadly, this is a really short episode. So, uh, in like kind, we're gonna make this episode of the podcast longer than the episode of The Mandalorian, which <laughs> it's usually course. what happens. Yeah. This is what this is what a beach episode. I've been seeing uh, somebody call this a beach episode, which I had never heard that uh, term before, but I I, I think it, it checks out. Beach it's kind of a, a side quest where nothing important happens except we get some character info, right? Yeah, it's like the fly episode in Breaking Bad, but I think I I don't know. I think when you think about what the the name of the episode is, the Foundling. Spoiler alert: there were three of them at the end, so I wouldn't say it was a complete waste of story arc because I think that those new characters will um, play in in a big way at some point in this series. So is, um, what's her name from Game of Thrones going to make an appearance and uh, ride these beasts into the sunset? These Khaleesi? Little, these little chickadees? <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? The Khaleesi, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they don't look three. much bigger than Blurgs right now, but you know those things are going to be badass at some point, and there will be, you know, space dragons. I no, Nobody seems to know what these things are called, and I'm really annoyed by that because usually I'm the one that doesn't know what anything is called in Star Wars, and now <laughs> there's this thing... And I was trying to find it out, and nobody, they're like, just call it Space Dragon, or Dragon Face, and Dragon Lizard, and it's like, no, I want to know, I, I actually am intrigued by this one, and I want to know what it is. It's a Tebasaur, it's a Tebasaur. Ah, there you go, Tebasaurus Reximus. Yeah, I, I like Chickadee, you know, because they're very cute, and they look like little recently hatched chicks. Um, They're like uh, W.C. Fields. Yeah, Shields, yeah. come up here. I got, you I got, me, boy. Oh, there you go. Go away, boy. You bother me. You're supposed to be in my belly, and now you're, now you're not in my belly now, Ragnar, little Ragnar Viking boy. I got a little, yeah, like the Three Stooges vibe from them, like Larry Curly Moe, like, <laughs> boing. <laughs> don't, don't you get that? I don't know. They, they no, are very I, I can totally see that now. Absolutely. 
Yeah. They should have they should have differentiated them somehow a little bit, you know, like one has like a little mop top and one is a little bit more portly and one one wears glasses, right? Like <laughs> inclusion, you got to sure. Yeah. Anyway, like all the different uh, you know, ailments are are um represented i guess if you haven't seen the end of this most recent episode of the mandalorian uh episode four of this season um you're probably very confused at this point but uh team to help allay uh and clarify uh things for our listeners would you please give us your patented roundup on this week's roundup yes i would be uh very happy to do that because playtime is over okay (laughs) playtime is over Moving around rocks, and then you find out that they're actually hermit crabs, which was a nice uh, reference to Piper, which was a Pixar short, which is really exceptional, and everybody should watch it. But anyway, yeah, so the Mandalorians are hanging out on the beach and shooting the water because they're angry at the water for some reason. And then Grogu is, like, playing with what you think are rocks, and it turns out they're little hermit crab little creatures. And so you're, like, waiting for him to eat them. And then uh, then John walks over to him and is like, yeah, what the hell are you doing? You look like you're just wasting time, and uh, playtime is over, and go fight that kid over there. Uh, and he fights the kid. He learns how to use the little shootery thing, the little darts, right, the the, the try darts. And then he cheats, uh, which is, you know, the Mandalorian way, not the Jedi way, uh, per se, but he does cheat, and he, he beats uh, the kid. And then immediately after he beats the kid, the kid goes, like, to walk off on the beach, and then this giant space dragon grabs him. <laughs> and you're like, dude, this kid is having a really shitty day, okay? Yeah, I mean, this is the second time he's been attacked by some gigantic beast on the same beach. And you're just thinking, beach. like, you get what's coming to you now. Like, you didn't move at all. Like, you have a cave behind you. Like, Yeah, you're literally nomadic, you know, not Hasidic. Uh, oh, wait, did I say that? You're you're a nomadic tribe clan, and you're like, no, this is this is we're we're staying on this particular beach. I think maybe after this one, they might rethink that beach cave. I don't know. Um, and so the the kid gets taken, and um, they realize you realize pretty fast that like Mandalorians are not equipped for like long long range pursuits, and then. Um, uh, what's her duck? Uh, Boca Raton shows up in the Guardian, which is her ship, and she chases down the dragon, and she like finds out kind of where the kid is being held, and then they decide. She comes back and says, "Okay, well, I know where the kid's being held, and for some weird reason, the monster isn't eating the kid, so we can kind of go over there and sneak up on him." And then they like climb rocks to go up there, and she makes some kind of comment, which was a uh, reminiscent of, you know, we used to shoot womp rats back in Becker's Canyon. Uh, mm-hmm. That kind of thing. She's like, oh, I used to climb rocks all the time. You know, what else was there to freaking do on Mandalore besides be like a badass princess taking baths all the time and go climb rocks? And then, um, so they climb the rocks and then they save little Ragnar. And for some reason, Ragnar, oh, that's his name, the kid, Ragnar. For some reason, Ragnar is like completely bone dry when he's been like regurgitated out of this space monster this dragon and goes and like spits him out and he's like immaculate so obviously the space dragon has some kind of like cleansing uh (laughs) you know antibacterial like basically before the pandemic you wanted to go hunt these things down because their saliva is essentially antibacterial Mm. dry antibacterial uh matter so that's cool and then there's always a bigger fish because eventually that dragon does get killed by a the the same 
giant gator that apparently is still in the water. I think it's just, Teeb, I I have to correct you there. I think they just have tons of gators in these waters because they did blow up the previous one. This is probably that gator's mommy or something. Yeah, Yeah. maybe. And then speaking of mommies, uh, the the space dragon mom gets murdered and then they steal her babies, you know? And that's the, the three little foundlings that we're referring to in the beginning are yeah. these three little chickies like you said little chicky chickadees and uh that uh, like you said are completely generic and homogenous at this point i'm hoping that you know the john favreau and them will figure out a way to differentiate them as they progress and we learn more about them maybe they'll and just eat them like it. porgs you know they'll run out of meat and they'll barbecue them in the next episode or something um, oh there was no there was one more thing uh for some reason uh Boca Raton reveals to the armor that she saw the Mythosar, which I think is key because she did not tell Denton Jaren. She was holding on to this information for that moment where she wanted mm-hmm. to kind of get maybe a little bit of um wisdom essentially from the armor. Like what does that mean? I think I saw the Mythosar. And she's like, I didn't I don't think I saw it. I saw it. I saw the freaking Mythosar. What does that mean? for me as a Mandalorian and she was very intentional with where she brings that information up and with who. And so you can tell that she's plotting a bit. It's not just some random journey she's on. She's definitely got something she's, uh, revealing, uh, the layers of the onion softly and, um, you know, sultry in a very sultry manner. I might add. Don't, don't they know though, that she is Boca Raton. Don't they know that she's like a disgraced, Space Princess? Death Watch. And if she is part of the Death Watch, isn't that what people are saying that the children of the Watch are? Are they're they're an offshoot of the Death Watch, so wouldn't they like already revere her and know who she is? And I, it's kind of weird to me. It is a little odd. I think they just they don't want to assume too much. Like people have watched the shows, the Clone Wars, and all that stuff, so they're kind of trying to reintroduce it all. Um, but Teeb, you did leave out a massive scene in the middle, which uh, you know we'll call this a forge back because that's kind of a trope now. When the armor uses her steel Beskar forge, then whatever character is standing nearby has a little um you know flashback into their past so it used to be uh Din Djarin would have these forge backs whenever she was making something but now in this episode it was actually Grogu having a forge back to being rescued by none other than Jar Jar Binks uh Kellerin on the planet of Coruscant during the um the Jedi purges of Order 66 uh so that was like an interesting backstory component as well that honestly without that scene this episode would have been like 12 minutes long well, no, I, I, I didn't um, omit it by mistake. Oh, okay. It was. It was... I, I, I omitted it by, um, by uh, you know, I, I meant to do that. It was intentional. It was intentional. Great, yeah. great. Well, a because... lot happens, obviously. I mean, it, we have the same type of thing we did last week, which is two completely disconnected stories that have nothing to do with themselves at all whatsoever sloppy sloppy uh storytelling just jetpacks flying everywhere apparently you know the mandalorians are are uh buying their jetpacks from elon musk uh because they have the range of like a tesla you know (laughs) apparently they didn't get the memo that in the stars galaxy you can use regular old petroleum to power jetpacks instead of having like a 200 kilometer range yeah, I guess that's a, that's a, that's a real problem. But yeah, no, okay, I'm upset that they brought Jar Jar Binks back because they didn't like they kind of half-assed it, right? It's like if you're gonna bring Jar Jar Binks back, bring him back. Like, let's see that. Like, let's let's see Jar Jar Binks. Like, have the testicles and the you know, <laughs> like like the cojones to actually 
bring back Jar Jar Binks. Don't bring this Kelleran Beck guy who, I mean, I guess he ain't no loser, baby, but, you know, he's still... And his fight scene was pretty pretty weak. He fights, he, he fights like, four, you know, like, clone troopers that look like they probably could use more calisthenics or something. They, they didn't look very coordinated. And uh, I did think it was interesting, though, because you think that he's going to be... that Grogu's going to be rescued by this female Jedi... And then she, like, gets to the elevator and dies on the elevator. And I'm like, oh, I guess she's not going to be, like, you know, strong female character. As I was, when I was thinking, I'm like, here we go. Here's another strong female character that's going to save the day. And then it's Jar Jar Binks. But then it's not Jar Jar Binks. And by the way, I didn't even recognize him until my wife screamed out, Jar Jar Binks. And I had to actually <laughs> rewind the show because I'm like, I didn't see Jar Jar Binks. So, yeah, I'm an idiot, I guess. So but, it was. Yeah, I don't. I, I never watched that show that he's on, the Star Wars Jedi Challenge or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, this is not actually the first canon appearance of Kelleran Beck, the Jedi. Uh, he was on this this um, game show that's made to look like it's in the Jedi world, uh, uh, and so on. And and so Ahmed Best has already been redeemed by Disney, giving him another job, another lease on life, mm. and including him in this episode was just. I think it was fan bait. It was just they're trying to get the tweets they're trying to get the discussion because it's a naboo cruiser the naboo guards there are, are you know dressed like the naboo guards so everyone's gonna say that padme and jar jar were somehow involved in saving grogu and all this crap um but it just just a nice thing i mean to have keller and beck in there i guess i mean it was an interesting plot but i i couldn't stop thinking about like um who's his name the host of double dare uh dave mark summers. mark summers yeah i mean i just i kept getting mark summers vibes like can you imagine if mark summers was in Star Wars, and he's like, then you have to jump through the chocolate tongue uh, Sunday yes, and find yeah, the flag. Up the, up the, you know, the mudhorn's <laughs> nose and get the yeah. flag. And, yeah, and, and, oh, I'm oh sorry. God. Physical challenge, physical challenge, too, because the dummies are always like, oh, I don't know, what's the square root of anyone? Uh, purple? Uh, we'll take the physical challenge, Mark. Yeah, it's like, we'll take, we'll take the physical challenge, Keller and Beck. Keller and Beck. It was a bit of an obstacle course there, trying to save Grigu on their little sidecar situation. But anyway, let's uh, let's just kind of zoom off and, you know, uh, zoom out and talk about some of these bigger issues that came up in this episode. We talked a little bit about it last week, about uh, Mandalorian procreation, procreation, uh, humping, humpy time, humpty dance. Do Mandalorians do the humpty dance? And uh, we have confirmation at some point here in this episode uh, because we know that Ragnar is named Ragnar Vizsla. He is Paz Vizsla's son. Um, and uh, so who did Paz Vizsla jump uh, to make his annoying foundling spawn Ragnar? Well, I mean, is the armor like Smurfette? Is she like the only <laughs> other, like, you know, Mandalorian in the covert? Uh, female Andalorian? From, from a land... From a Landorian, I don't know. Woman Delorean. Uh, yeah, Woman Delorean. Eh. There's, 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 there's a funnier joke in there. Uh, why don't you reach out to us on FSW Radio and come up with a better joke? Yeah. So we know like, that they do have sex. Um, we just don't know if like, did he do it before he was a Mandalorian so he could like take his helmet off and uh, you know. But what, I, I, what is confirmed definitely is that Paz Vizsla fucks. <laughs> 
right? So, so I, my question is like, how are there not like loads of Mandalorians just taking their helmets off all the f-ing time, zooming off over to the you know to the the special secret pond to get washed for their sins and then come on back? I mean, they'd be they'd have a you know a, a caravan going right if they're allowed to have sex. So I I I just don't understand. There there must be a rule that they can have sex, but they have to keep their helmets on during it. I guess. Okay, what you're what you're failing to realize is that you can have sex with a helmet on, bro. Yeah, so that's what I'm that's what I'm positing. So someone asked, uh, you know, it's very interesting. So we actually did some research here about the Mandalorian situation. We got an interview uh, with Katie Sackoff recently, and I just want to you know, just for the sake of evidence here about the rules about taking off your helmet, we have some very interesting data here from Katie Sackoff. Um, there's been moments that I've laughed hysterically you know i i was just at a convention and i told the story of basically how i you know peed on myself in costume it was fantastic you know my suit is a one piece and i have to go to the restroom like normal person and um we couldn't get the whole thing off fast enough and so they created a zipper for me to try out and it it didn't work um and um so we scrapped that idea and then just got more proficient at taking the suit off. So I've, I, you know, I try to make conventions fun and I try to give away little, little tidbits. So Katie Sackhoff admitting to peeing on herself uh, in the armor, the Beskar armor, uh, Bo-Katan uh, wet the bed, apparently. So I guess if you can't take off your armor to go to the bathroom as a Mandalorian, you definitely probably can't take off your helmet to have sex. I mean, yeah, but again, you, I don't know how you have sex. I don't know. Maybe you have sex differently than, than I do, but you don't, you can keep your helmet on. You can take all your other stuff off. As long as you keep your helmet on, this is the way. I you agree. Can, this is you, the way. Yeah. You, you, you could still, you could still keep that helmet on. And I mean, let's face it. There's probably some Mandalorian women that you might prefer to keep their helmets on. Yeah. Teeb, I just got a call just here in the studio. We've just been informed that every uh, studio in the country is now creating some porn parodies of this type of interaction. Um, so you can look forward to that on the interwebs in the future. So Ah, some uh, horizontal helmet bop, yes, as it were. Yes. And and on the other side of things, you know, this this obviously creates a market for um, best car diapers, which I guess Katie Sackhoff probably has a subscription on Amazon to, uh, you know, given, given the... Uh, the requirements of the uh, role. So that's interesting. Um, well, going down the list here of our who, what, why, uh, Teeb, um, what are they going to do with the three dragon baby chickadees? And is George R.R. R. Martin going to sue John Favreau or show up at his mansion with a baseball bat? <laughs> yeah. Um, have you ever read this? It's this pretty obscure book. I'd be really surprised if you've read it. Um, it's by this guy named uh, another George named uh, Orwell, and it's uh, about a farm of animals. Have you ever heard of it? It's called Animal Farm. Have you heard of that one? Wonderful commentary on socialism and social class and economic uh, disparity in the agricultural world. Yeah, well, in it, they have uh, there's some Rottweilers that have puppies, and essentially these puppies become the secret police of the animal farm. And my theory is whoever raises these little chickadees is going to wield a considerable amount of power. So going to a lot of theories about the civil war that's going to be erupting, you will have Boca Raton riding the Mythosar into combat against Paz Vizsla, um, maybe the armor, and maybe some other rando, I don't know, rando-mando. 
who will be, you know, riding the little uh, chickadees who will at some point be big chickadees. Uh, and, you know, they're going to need a lot of room to, to keep these things, you know, uh, penned in or whatever. And well fed, obviously, because we know they eat a lot. So, well, what they're going to do is they're going to feed all the losers of the little, you know, the little mock combats to the to the to the dragons. Hmm. So, like Ragnar, he better get a lot better real fast. <laughs> there you go. Yes. So, when will the Mandalorians and Ragnar uh, move their covert uh, somewhere that is not specifically replete? and busting at the seams with giant monsters that constantly want to eat them. When Hoth reheats. <laughs> I mean, it just, I know this is a kid's show, but I mean, you just have to ask yourself the question at some point, are you just trying to get eaten? And good riddance if you are. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what their deal is. Like, their whole thing is that they, you know, they don't want to, go back to Mandalore. They're like avoiding going back to Mandalore. Like I'm avoiding, you know, having to deal with my ex-wife. No, no, thank you. It doesn't seem like there's anything specific about the planet they're on to establish their covert. I mean, they were on Navarro. They were on now this planet. All they do is they just pack up their little, uh, you know, Coleman camping stove that melts their steel and throw it in the back of the truck. And, you know, there they go. Like, it's not really that difficult <laughs> to find a planet where everything isn't trying to kill you. <laughs> I mean, you're, you know, it's like in the real estate when you have to, like, you know, you have to disclose all the different things. Has anybody ever died in this cave? No. Okay, but are there any horrible creatures in in the water right out in front of our house? Maybe. Yes, yes. Maybe, Maybe. it's just the... Legally, yeah. I'm obligated to tell you there is uh, about a 100,000% chance that there's at least 1,700 <laughs> space caters in this lake. And you will get eaten. Maybe just... <laughs> Maybe this particular beach is really attuned for, like, the training protocols of the Mandalorians. Like, the atmospheric pressure is just right for their little, um... Uh, shooting paint- their blasters into the their, water. Their paintball. <laughs> no, their paintball practice, you know? Like, when uh, Grogu and R- Ragnar are practicing paintball, like, it just, they fly a little bit better, and, and it's more uh, stabilizing for their training, uh, uh, learning, and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Paintball. Who knew? Who knew that paintball was gonna rear its ugly head into Star Wars? Okay, I have a real I have a real problem with the paintball scene. Okay, <laughs> maybe I I didn't hear the rules right, but I thought it was one shot, one shot. No, the the guy, the judge, uh, specifically said you can fire them in any order. So uh, that means like all at once or one after another. And it, presumably, if you miss all three, then you just gotta duck and you know not get hit yourself. Uh, um, but the the Ragnar made the mistake of just firing one at a time at little Grogu. I mean, I, I can't believe he didn't knock him over. I mean, my gosh! Like, um, but then Grogu finally got wise and was like, "Okay, I've got this." And then he did his little frog stomp a bit and just fired them all. So. Gotcha. Yeah, you said he cheated, but he didn't. He just he just bent the rules subtly and slightly um, to catch up and and take the victory three to two. It's like a penalty shootout in uh, soccer or football, depending on so your basically persuasion. making all the other rounds completely meaningless, like every other sport. <laughs> basically, yes, yes. <laughs> like game shows, actually. Like third round, hey, you know the prizes are tripled in the third round. Thank you, Mark Summers. What do we have for you today? I got a Nintendo sixty four. Yeah. So, team, where do the Mandalorians stock up on paintballs on a planet like this? 
Well, I mean, they probably have some kind of dealings with, like, the Jawas, right? So mm. the Jawas basically go gather all the missed paintballs, and then they sell them back. So it's kind of like they're little, like, can collectors, but instead they collect all the little <laughs> right, paintballs. Right, right. Yeah. And you can only get yellow or green. Or was it green? It was yellow. It's kind of a neon green, puke yellow sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, why did he shoot Grogu in the boobs? He gave him, like, little Grogu boobs. Did you notice that? I was like, oh, right. that's kind of, like, that's going to be a horrible gif. It's some, some weird pervert psycho is going to be, like, you know, like like the one with uh, Tamora Morrison on the on the bike, like, ah! Oh, jeez. Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> They're going to do that, but with, like, the boobs, and it's going to be like, ding, 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 ding. Give them a little pasties or like things, yeah. you know, like the sparkly thing. <laughs> that on. The <laughs> <laughs> Team, we've we got to be careful. We've already talked about Mandalorian porn parodies, and now we're sexualizing a young fifty-year-old alien species. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, isn't he like fifty-two? I mean, isn't that like the legal age of consent? I, I mean, even in Kentucky, not Kentucky, even in like you know, uh, I don't know, Yoda Land or whatever. Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. He was so cute in this episode, his little teeth and everything. He's just so innocent. I felt really bad for him when he got hit with the I know. Balls. I was like, wait, why can't he just play with those little rock dudes? Why do you make him go fight like a giant kid? And then the kid's like, I'm not going to. Oh, that was so great. I don't want to fight him. He doesn't have a helmet. Like, screw him. I mean, I, why doesn't he have a helmet? Because he hasn't talked. <laughs> yeah. Now he's just adding layers to how stupid the helmet is. Like rolls. And the lie just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, right? It's like they stuck to this helmet thing and they just have to keep making it more and more <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. You can't you can't get a helmet unless you can say the creed. You can't say the creed unless you can speak. And you can't speak unless you are saying the absolute truth that you know all the time. So nobody would say anything then by that definition, right? Because I mean, you could always have like a brain tumor or an aneurysm that would somehow get in the way. Um, so anyway, lots of information about the, uh, the way, as it were. Actually, you know, it was interesting, Teeb, when they went on the little hunting party as well. Um, Katie Sack off Boca Raton got the special honor of sitting by the fire while she ate her TV dinner. Um, and Paz Vizla explained to her, you know, you're the leader of the hunting party. So while all of us go off to eat, because we can't take our helmets off to eat, we have to go to these little secret places in this desert. You get to sit by the fire. This is the way. And it kind of made me wonder, Teeb, like what other special honors do you get? Like as a Mandalorian, uh, these petty, uh, banal little things that are built into their culture. Like really, do they have like a book? We're like, like rule 10 point four six dash seven if the moon is uh in a waxing formation and there is somebody wearing high heels then you are allowed to eat salad like what the hell is all this stuff about <laughs> salad Can i don't imagine know. a mandalorian like a vegan imagine like a vegan mandalorian <laughs> yeah <laughs> what would that even look like that needs to be like an immediate character absolutely added to the canon it's canon a vegan a, a vegan Mandalorian, and they never let that bitch sit by the fire. <laughs> That's for sure. That's I don't care sure. what he's done. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, you know, they do say, like, you know, at the end, uh, he's like, this is the way. And I was just curious, like, T, do you think, I mean, is this, what other banal, asinine behaviors, you know, just regular old daily things could Mandalorians like say this is the way you know like here I'm uh I'm putting new uh, shoelaces into my shoe this is the way uh you know or I'm crimping my eyelashes so that they don't touch the inside of my helmet this is the way like what else is there that is the way it seems like everything a Mandalorian yeah. does anything is the way like 
Yeah, it seems to be a definite, like, uh, you know, whoops, I just uh, murdered my uh, kid. Whoops, this is the way. <laughs> this is the like, way. No matter what you do, like, oh, I just stubbed my toe. Son of a bitch. This is the way. It's like, like and that's the way you get stabbed. Yeah, but I I don't know. And then uh, it, it, what bothers me is why do they keep having to explain to her the rules of Mandalore or whatever when she, she was a princess? Doesn't she understand about the way? Is the way a brand new thing? Like, doesn't she have the, to at least go to school to study the basics in, like, Mandalorian theology? I mean, there's not much to it. There's two people. There's two groups, right? One group takes their helmet off. The other group doesn't. Like, it's like the Sneeches, right? Yeah, it's they like, are the Sneeches, exactly. yes. One group one group likes this dude who had the dark saber. The other group doesn't really give a shit. Uh, and that's pretty much it. You'd think she'd at least understand the basics of fire protocol when on a hunting trip, right? Yeah, so. it, yeah, that, that that was definitely an odd choice for me. It was more like it was for the fans mm. who keep asking, how do they eat? Uh, I mean, you know, we've always done that like as a joke because they do show in one of the ones where he's hanging out with the smir- uh, the, the shrimp, the blue shrimp people, and he's getting about to get busy with the, the lady. And he like, you know, kind of takes his, you can see that he's been putting his, he, he puts his helmet on or something to that effect. Oh, you right. Remember what I mean? It's like he comes out, looks like he just brushed his teeth or something in the morning, you know, stretched out his eggs and, yeah. you know, it, you can tell he had his helmet off. So as long as you're not in the presence of somebody, you can take your helmet off is is, is the gist of it. Precisely. I didn't think they really needed to have that scene in there with, with Katie, I think, it, or Katie, Boca Raton, but it, it just like, you know, it was just a, a way of showing that this is like some kind of, was it like an allusion to Native Americans? the native americans do this maybe like you're the only one that's allowed to like sit by the fire everybody else has to be cold and miserable i don't know <laughs> can't they just all turn around like <laughs> so they have nice warm backs and they don't look at each other like they that's need not a bad idea or actually. like little blinders for their helmet you know they could put on blindfolds like that would be great i guess and then like every other person gets to take their helmet off to eat they have like they eat in shifts you know like group yeah, a yeah. you eat while you you slurp your pog soup while group b sits here and listens to a podcast with blindfolds <laughs> on <laughs> and then Switch it up. Like I've eaten some pretty Spartan chow halls in my time in the military, and I can't imagine like like if you had like a really small place. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea, right? Like, or maybe uh, I don't know. You just like like you said, everybody sits back to back, but there'd always be like that one guy, you know, who'd be like, oh, he'd be oh, peeking, and yeah. Like, oh, oh, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna turn. Oh, maybe I'm gonna turn around. Ah, you know. You know that little punk ass bitch Ragnar would be the one who peeks too, right? <laughs> like. <laughs> well, I think this is mean because you know he's Jimmy Kimmel's uh, nephew or something. That's true. He is. Well, he would peek too. Jimmy Kimmel would definitely peek because he's a putz. Um. Okay. Peeking putz. So, uh, this scene though of the the fire was kind of irrelevant and unnecessary, but it wasn't the only scene that I found to be uh, irrelevant. There was also that forge back with Grogu and, and on Coruscant. So why Teep? Why? Why? Why did we get a forge back scene of Jar Jar Jedi Ahmed Best saving Grogu? Why? Because everybody is obsessed with Order 66. I don't. It's like... I, no, actually, you know, all, all kidding aside, I do totally understand why Order 66 is... It's a pivotal moment, right? It's like... Uh, I hate to keep coming back to these people, but I don't know a lot of history, so I'll just go to the history, the history that I know. It reminds me of like the Night of the Long Knives, right? It's like the purge. There, in, in any dictatorship and any authoritarian uh, regime, there's always that moment, the, the purge, which like uh, ushers in the 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 evil 
warlords. Well, they even call it the Night of a Thousand Tears on Mandalore, right? Yeah. They didn't try very hard. Like, they just swapped out one word like a Mad Lib, you know? They they got very lucky with the word tears. Like, had they accidentally run the ChatGPT randomizer, you know, it could have been, you know, the Night of a Thousand Whoopee Cushions, which doesn't have the same ring to it, right? The night of a thousand burps. That's kind of horrible, too. Like, you like open up your door and there was like a thousand whoopee cushions falling on your house. That would be a pain in the ass. You'd be dealing with that for like a long time. I just had my sewer line back up this morning. Oh, dear. And uh, just just little things like that. They can add up. So your house down there in Dagobah smells like the night of a thousand uh, whoopee cushions then, huh? (laughs) It does. (laughs) A night of a thousand poodoos. Oh, boy. But it wasn't us. I, I, the city guy assured me that, you know, it's like, it's the whole city. It's like the whole area is like jacked right is now. Is that a euphemism and, for vegan the hut stop by your place and asked to use the bathroom? Well, there were some socks in the drain. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't even want to know what he does with those you socks. You didn't find okay. any hut babies in the sewer line then, did you? <laughs> some hut babies. I don't know. You have to wash them first. Right, right to yeah. Find out what it is. <laughs> Anyway, uh, anyway, so yeah. <laughs> why 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 this scene? I I found it utterly pointless. I don't care how Grugu escaped from the temple to some other random place that we don't know about. Like, are we literally just gonna do this every time? Like, we're gonna follow Grogu's trajectory from being super baby Je- uh, Jedi Grogu? Like, he's you didn't think he'd get any cuter? Well, yes, he can. Um, like, are we gonna go down to the embryonic level? Like, when he's just like a tiny little zygote and like how? the zygote get out of the yoda vagina he was birthed out of like how did it happen oh my goodness (laughs) when when does it stop team conception like find out what his parents were doing it and then his parents and so on and no i I know you 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 want to be precious about about yoda's origin and stuff like that so you don't like you you want your imagination imagination to be like the king i, I totally understand that yeah. i i thought it would be pretty cool i i really liked when he got the armor the uh, you know the the the, the roundel i think it's called the rondel like, the uh, rondel rondel yeah. yeah maybe that's the point maybe maybe that's the essential element and this backstory forge thing is just because they need something they can't just have grogu looking at her do her blacksmithing for five minutes right i mean that would get a little tedious i guess um but i mean that's a good point that is a good point because i'm like as every time she does something you're like okay how, how long are we going to watch her like build something and you know it's just going to be something that they're going to put into the disney parks like now get your own sigil and get your own little dart shooter and get your own this and get your own that and if you've gotten, I mean, you haven't because you're a sad sack, but if mm. you've gotten the the lightsaber, it's a whole experience sure. at, at, at Galaxy's Edge. This is coming. And Clearly a Beskar, uh, you know, blacksmith is coming to Disney's uh, Galaxy's Edge. We, we know that to be the case. So, yes. I mean, they're, they're casting for the people who will who will agree to stand there for 12 hours in the searing Florida heat with a helmet on while screaming grimy kids uh, beg for their, uh, your pa- pa- what, pauldron, I guess? Yeah. I want yeah, a pauldron. pauldron with Mickey on it, mommy! <laughs> it's always the Brazilian kids. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. Anyway, they have little flags and everything. Have you ever seen them? They travel. They got like they got like all these blue shirts on, and they got these flags that are like eight feet in the air, and and, and you avoid them like like the the bluebonic plague. The bluebonic plague. That's great. 
So you guys came up with that. So, I'm pretty good. So I like this pretty episode. Good. I mean, I thought it had some great special effects. Obviously, John Favreau is qualified to make an episode of people with jetpacks, um, based on his ah. Iron Man background. Uh, we've we've you know yes. we thought I already talked about that, but but I just there was a part of that scene when they're flying after the giant uh, dragon in the sky, saving uh, Ragnar's bitch ass. That I just got a little sad. Because, you know, in the, in the news, we've been hearing so much, and this is a bonus question for you, Teeb. Don't feel like you have to answer it, but we've been hearing so much lately about all these movies having trouble. Maybe Ryan Johnson's trilogy is also canceled, and David Lindenoff has been booted as a writer for the next Star Wars movie. Everything's in chaos in the cinema world for Star Wars. Mm. Still, Teeb, it has been four years since we have had anything resembling concrete news about a star wars film like disney bought star wars so they can make movies it's bizarre um and i just feel like they've just they're just buying into television now and they're they're not leaving any empty hangers why is disney blowing their load on these made for tv rescue a meaningless side character from a pterodactyl jetpack scene just for made for tv content i mean this would been amazing on the big screen something like this and now they can't do it uh, that's where you're wrong, buddy. They can do it over <laughs> and over and over again. I don't know. Okay, let, let's just play, you know, universe's advocate here and say how much of the pandemic really killed the cinema, like the going to the movies experience. Like there are people that still are masking up and there are people that are still afraid to go anywhere. And when you, when I can just like sit on my couch, and I mean, I'm I am 100% guilty of this right now i am a movie critic you know and i get to go to movies for free and i don't even want to be bothered with it anymore Hmm. i just don't even care it's just too convenient to just turn on my tv you know what i don't have to deal with i don't have to deal with people i am not a people (laughs) i don't like people you could have fooled me (laughs) yeah i mean yeah I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a kind, wonderful human soul, but I don't like people sometimes. So does this and, mean we're just never going to see another Star Wars movie in the cinema? Or is that is that era okay, that's not of what human I said. history that's not over? What I said. That's not what I said. I said that Disney has no problem regurgitating a bunch of bull and bringing it back over and over and over again. So if they think that it's profitable to put a scene just like that in a new movie, they're going to do it. I and then, you know what? They can say... That's an homage to Mandalorian episode four, six, whatever. I think episode four, the foundling. It's. I think that Disney's put themselves in a difficult place here now, Teeb. I mean, with all these television shows, the volume and the CGI and these incredible effects, and the longer we go without anything resembling a Star Wars film, I mean, by be twenty thirty by the time we get another Star Wars movie at this rate, when it when that movie finally comes out. I mean, that's going to be 15 years almost or 10 years of a gap. And that's going to feel like the newest, you know, Force Awakens again, like finally resurrected from the ashes. And if that movie doesn't absolutely burn, people are going to absolutely lose their collective shit. Well, welcome to being a kid in the 80s. Hmm. You know, like we had to wait a long time to get any content. Like we waited... 16 years to your point right after return of the jedi that was it we didn't get anything yeah interesting. and I, I keep saying these kids are spoiled right now and they are they have no idea i saw i saw this kid on uh this kid he's my age i saw this guy on twitter and he shared a cassette tape and it's this cassette tape that i used to listen to all the time i recognized it because it, 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 
it's exactly the one that I had, and it's um, it's not the soundtrack, but it's a cassette of A New Hope. It's it's the first Star Wars. So it's like just the audio track of A New Hope. Just the audio, and it had like sound effects. It wasn't it wasn't like the whole movie, hmm. but it's like an excerpt where they've done you know they've they've put the sound effects in and characters and. And I, I just remember always as a little kid hearing The Force Will Be With You, always. Like, no, it's not the radio show. We did a review of the radio cool. show on this podcast. It's something different in itself, huh? Totally different. It was just a cassette. And I remember I would go to my grandparents, and I had this big tape deck. Not a not a boom box, but like one of those things that looks like you know, you're know you recording somebody's uh, confession in like a crime scene. <laughs> it's this huge thing, and I remember. You're I getting audited, in. like Scientology style? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'd hit play. My grandparents would be like, I'd flip it over, and you could flip it over, and like, you know, listen and over and over, and they would be just like, "Aren't you sick of that yet?" And I'd no, because that was it, bro. That was all I had. Right. VHSs weren't even a thing yet. Like people didn't have, like, unless you were super rich, you didn't have VHSs at your house. So right. that was the thing I listened to. Star Wars. That was my Star Wars content. So take uh-huh. today's kids. They have no. They really don't know. So it's good that they don't have a movie right now because let them suffer. Let them appreciate what they don't have. In fact, Disney should just like stop with the Star Wars right now and hmm. see what happens. That would be an inter- interesting social experiment too. Like just stop making Star Wars stuff. Let's see how much your mouse, the, the mouse that doesn't stop running his freaking mouth about crap he has no idea about. Let's see if that mouse can hold your entire organization. Or how long do you think people like us are going to keep watching star wars stuff because i'll go back to my cassette <laughs> you you say that with no irony whatsoever <laughs> you're gonna have to contact that that guy on twitter and get it from him because i don't think there's very many copies in existence no when i saw it i had like a big smile on my face i told i tweeted at him i'm like dude you just give me a huge smile on my face because <laughs> i hadn't i've never seen this anywhere in all my years it's of being brilliant. a star wars fan i'd never seen it like at a convention or anything like that mm-hmm. and i was like that's the exact tape so the nostalgia is strong with this one well Teeb, uh you know interesting episode interesting discussion on our five w's but we did get some questions this week as well from twitter and on sundry sources um and so we're gonna play our uh, jeopardy uh questions now somebody did alert me to the fact that i was kind of screwing up the format a little bit um so you have to answer this in the form of a question right you know you i said that when we started yeah. this and you said that's ah, a bunch of crap ah. yeah yeah exactly so you have to whoever, give your whoever answer that wasn't called you out just so you know i called them out to random person so the first, uh, the first one here, I've I've got ready to go. So would you please form your answer in the form of a question, and then I'll let you know what the question is. Yes, my answer is, what is halacha? <laughs> halacha. Okay. Um, well, the question answer is. Um, uh, now I've got to do it. I've got to reverse it too. Um, how do you do <laughs> this? How do you do this for a yes/no <laughs> question? <laughs> A script is this is from Scott Faudry, who's at theme Dio Cray Cree one. He's asking us, um, is the Mandalorian drawing inspiration for the Bible's most revered king? Is Din Djarin the David of Star Wars? I swear to God, we didn't set that up. I That's know. Great. <laughs> what did you say? The answer was halacha. Halacha. What yeah, is halacha? I was about that. Essentially, it is 
Hebrew for the way. Amazing. And, it, Amazing. and there are people that are saying that the Mandalorians and their covert is a direct allegory to the Orthodox anti-Zionist Jews who use the um, the Torah and Halacha. I just learned about that today. Mm. I mean, mm. I I wasn't really sure where they got a lot of the inspiration. I was, I was, I was always assuming it was more like Native American tribes, but it is interesting to think of the tribes of Israel, you know, scattered throughout the galaxy, scattered, right? Yeah. The diaspora and everything like that. So yeah, the hal- I, I might be saying hal- halacha wrong. It might be halacha. So halacha. Halacha. Yeah. I, that sounds pretty good I'm though. Saying it right. Yeah. You know, put but a little more chutzpah in it, T. A little more chutzpah. Uh, oh, yeah. I could do that. Halacha. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just clearing my one. throat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I figured but you'd I get did that find one. Out that John Favreau, um, I guess his mom is Jewish, so right. I could see him being influenced. Yeah. Yeah. I I like the I like Grogu being David. You know, in this, honestly, I think of him as as little David with a slingshot, his little yes. uh, his little paintball wrist uh, rockets there, um, taking down giants. So. Well, he took down the Mudhorn. Yeah, and the Rancor. Don't forget that. And the Rancor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And a couple of them big spider droid things too. I think in uh, in Book of Boba Fett, I could be wrong, but he's 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 a badass for sure, for sure. All right, well, uh, here's our next question, T. What's your answer? Uh, my next answer to this next question is Beowulf. What is who is Beowulf? <laughs> the answer is. This helmet rule of this race applies even for sleeping and procreation. So, All right, so Beowulf. Yes, so Peter Scaretta uh, on Twitter, that one. he asked, uh, does the Mandalorian helmet rule even apply for sleeping and procreation? And he actually even asked the fake-a-meter GPTO for an answer, which is a totally canned uh, boilerplate answer. Um, not very interesting. But I think we kind of we covered that already a little bit, right? I mean, you can have sex as a Mandalore with your helmet on. I mean, I do it all the time because when I take my helmet off, there's just another helmet under there anyway. Uh, yes. So otherwise, I would not be uh, pleasing Mrs. Duper very much if I if I followed Plot the Mandalorian. Twist. Yeah, Mandalorian swingers. Oh yeah. Hear me out. Hear me out. They're all wearing helmets. You just switch. You just swap the helmets instead of swapping. You know other things you swap the helmets everybody just runs into the room and they turn on the lights and then you just <laughs> go at it i don't know <laughs> you take your helmets off you put them in a bowl you reach into right. the bag you grab right. the helmet right. yeah like a helmet party instead of a key party I love it's a it. helmet party and everybody just as long as you keep your eyes closed when you're putting your helmets on because that that is the way you know that's gonna happen you know there's some star wars nerd out here who's already plotting this for celebration uh live or whatever it is in england <laughs> next month yeah. They're gonna have a. There's going to be there's going to be a very messy party uh, during the celebration there in England. Uh, so anyway. All right. Um. So yeah, Beowulf. Beowulf. Great. Uh, is uh, <laughs> like he's he's known for taking his helmet off and slaying the dragon or whatever. Mm. I don't know. It's a bit right. of a stretch on that one. One more they answer can't all be to good, you. people. We got one more question for you. This one comes one from Alex Welch from uh, Digital Whatever Something. All right. What's your what answer? is shoot the water? Shoot the water. So the question is, did Kelleran Beck survive the Jedi purges? Well, if you shoot the water enough, 
uh, eventually you will get the answer to that question, but I don't want to give it away. Shoot the water is a metaphor for, um, you know, as a disgraced Jedi who survived the purge turning to heroin and other uh, drugs, you know, like death sticks and stuff. So he, you know, Keller and Beck may not have actually died, but he, he psychologically died by becoming a, um, a druggie, a spice druggie, maybe in some long forgotten corner of the outer rim after the purge. No, I think you, I think you completely misunderstood me. I meant literally keep shooting the water until the water is gone. And then you will find him at the bottom of the lake and he is living with Gungans. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'd be great. He's a, he's in Gunga city. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why, why, why are you assuming that the Gungans only live on Naboo? They could live other places, too. I suppose they could have colonized other places. Uh, they, yeah, they could colonize. Why, why can't they be colonizers? Why can't they be, you know, manifest destiny and neons? I mean, Camino is definitely looking for some inhabitants after he got ravaged by the Empire, right? So, Yeah, how does Camino get, like, like if you could make an army of clones, how would anybody ever kick your ass? Like, you just yeah. keep making more and more guys. Yeah, I guess I mean they they didn't they put their eggs in one basket, you know the the ah, um, the meat markets, yeah, and they didn't put anything into technology and and weapon systems and defense systems. They're just like just throw some clones at them. They'll be you know. You gotta pick one actor, and that's gonna be your army, okay? Mm. And I get to pick another actor. Oh, okay, that'll like be it. my army. All okay. right, so I'm gonna have an army, and you're gonna have an army. So who's your? <laughs> Are they actor? gonna fight each other? <laughs> Yeah, they're going to fight each other to the death. I mean, obviously. All right. Um, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> oh, but he's already dead. Oh. No, he's a clone. No, that's a good point. Right. That's a good point. All right. You pick Patrick Swayze. Yeah. I pick Jennifer Grey. Oh. I win. They're, our armies are not going to fight. They're going to hump. <laughs> oh, they're going to make a lot of... And there you go. See? Yeah. We just like brought world peace to the world. Yeah. Exogenous mutations are going to enter the system, and we're going to have a whole new race and culture built up here on Camino with our. Okay, so. wait. So, if clones are with other clones, then would those offspring always be the exact same offspring? Well, so presumably there would be mutant variation. Like my grandfather was a son and a daughter of this grandfather, who you know, yes, some inbreeding would take care of any of that. So, but then Doctor Pershing, person, 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 he'll come in. Doctor Penn. Pen, pen person, Pershing, he'll come in and he'll tweak. Like if you, you know, hey, this kid is a little uglier than this kid. Can you fix this <laughs> yes. kid for me? And yeah. I'll be like, no problem. We'll put that kid down and we'll give you a new one. No, no, no questions asked. Excellent. Excellent. Pickle kids. Pickle kids for everybody. Yeah. That's what I say. Okay, Teeb, it's now time for our uh, this week's themed G- chat fakeometer gpto bad jokes of the week uh last week's were pretty good and i have to say this week's are even better i think the fakeometer is learning uh and improving its algorithm as we go so that's horrifying and wonderful yeah all right um this theme was all about monsters uh for these jokes so um here's one of the better ones i guess uh <laughs> why couldn't the mandalorian rescue the mon calamari from the Corin gangsters Oh my god, that's like really inside baseball kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know why. They were all officially monstrous. Dude, that is gold <laughs> right there. Quit our jobs, we're done. They, yeah. They're coming for our, our jobs, bro. Yeah. That's really yeah. funny. Yeah, are the Corrin always bad? I don't know if I've ever seen one depicted as a positive character. They have a genetic defect or something? <laughs> Racist to Quarrens, like all Quarrens are dicks. Yes. 
imagine being like like the one good corn it's like you know and they'd be like mercilessly like bullied and like ridiculed like even more than the corns would normally do because you're like oh you think you're better than everybody like the white the white fish of the black school of fish or the corn or something yeah like like somebody like like completely stands out yeah yeah great all right well here's here's another one um I, gosh, some of these are so bad. It's just really hard to know uh, which one I should punish <laughs> you with. Um, what did the child, I'm assuming it's talking about Grogu, what did the Grogu. child say when he saw the giant spider? Ah, there you go. What did the child say when he saw the giant spider? <laughs> he probably said, uh, uh, oh, God, what? what's that swear word that we're allowed to say? Thank Thank Farron. That's it. Thank Farron. No, uh, unfortunately, no. He said, I don't like this episode anymore. I want to rescue the. <laughs> what? I, I guess that one's easier if you read it. Rescue, rescue the. Anyway. Rescue Do you have it in you for one more, Teeb? A uh, hundred. You can do a thousand. A thousand I of these. I love this. This is my new favorite thing. Oh, I like it too. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> Find a really terrible one, just like bottom of the barrel garbage. All right. Okay. If the Mandalorian was a monster trying to rescue Baby Yoda from the clutches of Moff Gideon, would he be known as the Mandalurkin? So bad. It's amazing. You're, there, you're doing the Macaulay Culkin over there. I know. Ah! I just feel pain. I mean, it, it is is so painful for me to have to share these with you each week. But if you have any other ideas of bad Mandalorian jokes, please hit these us up. These sound like the kind of jokes I would have written when I was in middle school, like with like a Star Wars trivia book. These sound and, like, like somebody, somebody unwrapped. Me to write jokes. You know, like if Laffy Taffy was a thing in Star Wars, and they had like you know you wrapped your little turquoise. Um, what are those cookies oh. called? Your turquoise uh, macaroons. macaroons in like a paper. You know, you open it up and it's like, oh, what did the Mandalorian say when he found out he had ah. to rescue a giant woolly mammoth? Talk about monstrous task. Like what? Anyway, um, yeah, I feel like I feel like the fake meter ch- chap uh, GPTO has been trained on uh, Laffy Taffy rappers. So in well, any there case. Are other, just so you know, there are other programming um modules that you can program into the chat gpto right and i have some suggestions for you if you if you, okay. uh, if you want to switch gears sure i would love to switch gears and you know i hope this show also starts to switch gears because like i predicted two episodes ago i said the middle chunk of this season was going to be pretty rough and so far i think it has been a bit rough this episode better than the other one but but it's time to think about episode five now Teep, what are your predictions for what we're going to see in episode five of the shmalandalorian Sabine Wren. I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> Sabine Wren. I don't think she's the armorer anymore now. No. I, I've done a little research because it was really bothering me. I, w- I really wanted to, to, like, you know, cookie cutter, like, make her Sabine, the armorer Sabine Wren, but it's not. She, I know who she is now. Um, but I do believe that Sabine Wren is going to make an appearance in this next episode. You heard it here first, folks. Okay. It's going to be huge. It's going to be building up into the Ahsoka uh, series, 
and they are known for doing that where they introduce a character in one series and then bring them into the next series. I mean, they did that with Ahsoka, as a matter of fact. Well, in in a season, was it season two when Ahsoka fought that lady uh, on that forest planet? We haven't heard anything about that because she asked, where is um, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn? Uh, mm. That hasn't been followed up at all, so we're going to have to find out something about that at some point in the future of Star Wars. And then also, uh, we need we need to know something more about um, Moff Gideon. Why? Well, because he has to he has to clone Snoke. He has to do it. And so I think the next episode we're going to see some development with Katie Sackhoff, Boca Raton becoming more either disillusioned with the way or more entrenched in the way. Um, She's going to make some kind of decision that's going to uh, project her on a journey that's irrevocable, that she can't turn back on uh, from the future. Now, she's already put the Mythosaur pauldron on, so I think we're seeing her delve deeper into the way, and so possibly something's going to happen where she gets the Darksaber, or maybe the Darksaber gets taken away from Din Djarin, and then all the Mandalorians rally around her to to go fight and take it back or something. Uh, Something related to leadership of some kind. Um, And then I also think we're going to pick up where we left off with Elia Kane. Um, He is a really interesting character, um, and I think we're going to see a lot more of him in the next episode as well to set up maybe a whole series with him. Uh, I mean, one of the more interesting masculine characters we've had in Star Wars, I would say, in the last 20 years is is that man, Elia Kane. What do you think, Teeb? I think he definitely knows how to wear his uniform in all the right places. Yeah, he he. I like the cut of his jib. He he had some plot, you know, to to do something with uh with Pip Pershing, you know, to get him uh Pippy Pipping to get him uh brainwashed, and now we're gonna see him take tape Pershing and and start to develop this cloning technology in secret in another way. So I think we'll we'll follow both of those storylines in the next episode. So, you think those characters are gonna be coming back? In Mandalorian, really? I think they have to. Yeah, I mean, otherwise it's just kind of a cheap little throwaway episode, isn't it? I that's exactly the way I look at it. I hmm. think that they're just building up for Acolyte, and then that's our teaser, right? Like that's the thing. Hey, at some point you're going to see a lot more of these characters, but not in Mandalorian, because. And I I, I do think it's interesting that you talked about um, Booker Raton making a, a choice. She's a fascist at heart, hmm. so I think she's most likely going to lean into being into the way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not, you know, away from the way. She's going to lean into the way. Yeah. Because unless Sabine Wren, honestly, unless Sabine Wren comes down and changes her influence in some way, she's not getting any outside influence. I did see something interesting on the uh, <clears throat> on YouTube today. Um, I believe it was Screen Crush. It was the guy with the dog, I think. Ryan Airy. Yeah, I think it was Ryan Airy. It was either Ryan Airy or the the huge spoilers or whatever it is uh was one of those but my kid is my my youngling is really astute on this every time before the episode starts he looks at the helmets have you have you noticed the helmets uh yes they always have a different kind of array of like the silhouette those kind of dark shiny silhouettes uh c-3po r2d2's in there and the dark red kind of mandalorian The the red always symbolizes a villain Mm-hmm. And they showed a Mandalorian helmet with the red on the last episode. So that leads me to believe that there will be some kind of villain. A new Mandalorian villain will be introduced in, in the next episode. Hmm. Hmm. Will it be Sabine Wren? 
<laughs> Will she be a villain? She I a mean, villain? that would be badass. If she's oh. like, and I could, nah, she wouldn't, because she's with the rebels. She's not going to just all of a sudden become a villain. That would be stupid. Could it just be a red herring misdirection? I mean, they've only had a couple of characters there anyway, so maybe they just they alternate black or blue, red, blue, red, blue, red, and that's all you're seeing. Uh, I used to think that, but my kid's been right about all of them. Oh, okay. <clears throat> hmm. Okay, well, I, I'll give you that. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to seeing a porg as one of those next time. Uh, you know, def, you know, in that shiny uh, armor, I think that'd be really cool looking. Doesn't a, a, can't a, we're in the we're in the helmet? Can he get I mean, a Beskar suit? Can't the, the porg get a Beskar suit around here? What's a porg got to do to get a Beskar suit? <laughs> 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 all right well what's your you know but i'll give you my best car rating for this one first yeah i always make you go first so uh, i would give this one uh a rating out of five of three chickadees and a crocodile baby um you know it was okay i i, I liked it more than the previous episode i liked grogu's work in this uh one i did not like the paintball i thought that was really stupid and i did not care for the regurgitation scene uh, i thought i stretched all that out a little bit too long it was over long the whole journey and the hunting party crap but overall pretty interesting episode i like the final scene with her in the armor uh katie sackoff talking about you know what she's seen uh very dramatic very interesting so overall positive vibes from duper on this episode how about you Deep? what's your rating I give this a four out of five, and then this, this is the reason. I kind of look at this like a, a, just an interesting, action-packed episode of like Bonanza, right? Like there, there yeah. were some boring Bonanzas, and then there were some like where it was just they basically went and had like a shootout, and like it, it doesn't really matter really like what's going on with the characters so much. It's just a fun episode, and this was like that to me. I really liked the the end where you find out that they are like going to raise these babies. I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with these babies. So I think setting that up was cool. I liked, um, you know, how they had to go like more low tech with things like where they weren't allowed to use their backpacks because everybody obviously would be like, well, it's not much of a challenge for a Mandalorian to climb a rock, <sighs> right? You just use your backpack. So they had to, you know, I had to come up with clever ways of, of doing stuff like that. I liked that we got to see Boca Raton kind of like, you know, growing into her own, essentially. Um, I could have lived without the whole fire episode part where they were like, you know, oh, only the, the leader gets to eat by the fire or whatever. I thought it was kind of dumb. But other than that, I mean, I really I really enjoyed it. I liked watching Grogu fight, um, you know, Ragnar and learning a little bit more about Paz Vizsla and Ragnar. I thought that was, you know, amazing. Neat too. Great. Yeah, considering I thought he was dead. So yeah. Well, um, sadly, Teeb, that's all I have time for because I have to uh, go down to dinner and regurgitate uh, the body of some Mandalorians for my little chickadees who are starving, scratching at the studio doors, begging for their supper. Um, but uh, here's where you can find us. You can follow Faking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram at Faking Star Wars and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Real Faking Star Wars. And we desperately covet your questions. So please hit us up with a fa the hashtag FSW Radio on Twitter with your question about next week's episode and we'll read it um you can also get official fsw t-shirts and other great gear like coffee mugs and mouse pads and um you know diapers for your uh, mandalorian incontinence at bit.ly slash fsw merch 
And if you like, you can follow me on Twitter at StormDuper. And follow our other host, Vegan the Hut at Vegan the Hut. You can follow that guy too, yeah. <laughs> but if you want, you can follow me on Twitter at, at TeeBrontor. That's T-E-E-B-R-O-N-T-R. And you can also follow FSW Radio on Twitter and Instagram as well. And if you like what you hear and you want to support what we do, you can visit Patreon and support us at Faking Star Wars. Sign up to become a patron. You not only support us fakers financially to keep making the content that you love, but you also get a reward and you also support us for making the content that you hate. You can join us for <laughs> as little as a buck a month and you can join Jedi Knight Taxis Carlson. And have you written us a review yet? If not, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes, Podchaser, or your podcast platform of choice. It really does help us appear when people search for Star Wars on their podcast app. And if you write us a funny review... We may even read it on an upcoming episode. I mean, it might not, because if it's garbage, we're not going to. Well, if we have too much other funny stuff, which we usually do, then it might get uh, booted to the next episode. That happens a lot. So. Yes. One more thing before we go. We recently merged our Discord with the one and only Cam Ray of Cam Ray Semi Productions. Head to bit.ly slash Cam Ray Discord to join in on all discussions about Star Wars and other unsundries. And as always, please stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. And thanks to you and all of our little chickadees out there for listening. May the foe be with you. See you next time. Yeah, and remember, Liam Neeson was actually in this episode. He was the dragon. Oh, was he? Oh, that's brilliant. Yes. Because he's the dragon that takes Ragnar. Uh, Taken. Uh, you have a very specific set of skills, and that is to be annoying unfunny. And, and unfunny. <laughs> Great, T. Well, I had a good time today. I hope you did, too. Thanks for listening. Please write a review for this show on iTunes or Podchaser, and be sure to visit fakingstarwars.net slash podcasts for more shows on our network.